Dude, have you guys um, ever heard of like a little genre of uh, m- movie called um, a nime? Wait, hang on, hang on. I've never heard of a nime. What? Oh, it's like a like a Japanese thing. You know, I it it sounds mildly familiar to a form of animation that's commonly known as anime. But, like, I haven't heard of a Nime, no. Oh. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, like, the Pokemon show and, like, yeah. Dragon Ball and, like, Totoro and things? I- yeah. Yeah, that's a Nime. Um, it's really good stuff. Um, I've gotten really into it. So, like, sorry, guys. I might just, like, pop off because I'm really knowledgeable. That's good. Somebody has to be knowledgeable around here. Yeah. Because it isn't me. I know pretty much everything about a nime. So, mm. it they're a lot of times they're based off of like, um, like sort of comics mm. that you that you read um, upside down called manga. Oh, that's weird. So, mangi. Yeah, mangu. <laughs> <laughs> Mangoes. And the people who write them are called mangakas. Mangakas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so true. So right you're a, you're a fellow. Uh, I dabble. You're a fellow. Wabe. 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 The wabble. 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 Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So this is the movie overload podcast. Oh. We just uh, We go through the history of cinema as you know to the extent that we can in a hundred films <laughs> from a trip to the moon to Parasite, everything in between, excluding you know pieces of shit like Woody Allen. Fuck off, Woody Allen. If you're listening, mm-hmm. Roman Polanski also mm-hmm. fuck off. Mm-hmm. We don't need them mm-hmm. um, because we can have like movies like this um 1980 somethings grave of the fireflies directed by isa takahata yeah (laughs) and it's it's you know we can get all of the all of our cinema fix that we need without pieces of crap and and if you thought that we were done talking about World War II films where a bunch of sad stuff happens. <laughs> We're never done. You're wrong. <laughs> it's never over. <laughs> we have a lot of movies about uh, just war sucking. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like an overwhelming number. It's not like, oh, 50% of our movies. But we have had Come and See recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we also had uh, The Great Dictator and... The Grand Illusion, Casablanca, Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think general through line of cinema in the 20th century is that war sucks, but we keep doing it, and and no one on the ground knows why. I'm assuming politicians have reasons, uh, but they're probably like money, oil, the blood of innocents that they can bathe in. I don't know. That sounds a little bit too QAnon. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I just mean to imply vampires. Oh, that makes sense. No. 
isn't that how they like isn't that how they they stay young forever or something (laughs) and the weird QAnon mythology that i learned from a documentary on hbo (laughs) apparently some people believe that they harvest they harvest the adrenaline glands of children uh because uh that was already a conspiracy out there and everything goes in the pot everything goes in the pot you can put everything in the pot it's a rock soup um interesting um i'm ash and um these are my co-hosts hey hey hey, i just want to say welcome to the podcast ash thanks not ash from the evil dead ash from pokemon ash from real ash in real life and you and you (laughs) oh i'm hunter and i'm maggie gyllenhaal's twin mother whoa that We'll talk more about that later. Or maybe not. (laughs) We'll unpack that with you. (laughs) Don't worry. That's coming. Uh, Yes. Um, So when is this movie from? I'll look it up. I don't know. Uh, It is... 1980-something suffices. I think it's 87. But I don't know. Uh, But also, I don't like this movie. I noticed... I, well, I you like it a little. I I respect this movie. Yeah. Eighty eight. Oh, it's eighty eight. Uh-huh. Shoot, I'm I'm embarrassed and <laughs> forever ashamed. I will never show my mouth sounds on the podcast ever again. Boo! I boo you. No, it's fine. I kind of get it. Yeah, I. I'm not crazy about this movie. Okay, I find it interesting because as a general theme. Most of the movies I really love are miserable, miserable slogs of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this miserable movie, uh, I don't know what it is. I honestly don't. It might be the fact that it's made by Studio Ghibli, who has made uh, like almost all of the most beautiful animated films ever made. Um, and every time I'm watching Grave of the Fireflies, this is my third time watching it, I'm because I keep trying to get it, is I keep thinking about the other Studio Ghibli movies the whole mm-hmm. time and how much I'd rather be watching those yeah. and how those don't make me feel miserable. <laughs> yeah. Where's the whimsy? I I like the whimsy. Well, and it's and supposed to be miserable. Oh well, yeah. And I generally find value in miserable things i think this might just be a bit too real for me in a very specific way uh the bit about this movie where uh everyone's sad because both of our protagonists die in honestly pretty horrific ways Mm -hmm. um doesn't bother me nearly as much as the fact that they stay with their aunt and the way their aunt treats mm. them uh, makes me feel like a helpless child again. How th- mm. adults don't tend to treat children like people who actually have problems or know things. Yeah. And like they're, them staying with like a relative figure who refuses to feed them mm. and stuff like that. That just um, is a level of unpleasant miserableness that that I can't, like, 
get anything out of for some reason. I just yeah. hate it so, so much. I hate experiencing that. Yeah, that definitely is is weird and, and feels bad. And like, I don't know. There's, like, it, obviously it just being about kids makes it all, you know, mm-hmm. probably rougher. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. I feel like there's, for me, I just, it struck me that it was just like very much a movie about like, I mean, obviously it's the plot of the movie, but it's just being like, you know, when caught in like one of this, the situation of maybe some of the worst things a group of humans has done to another group of humans. Uh, one person being like, I have this other very innocent human with me and I'm going to do as much as I can to just kind of shield them from all the bad Mm. and just make things good as much as I can. And then just ultimately completely failing in the worst way possible. And, uh, yeah, it's just pain. Yes. Those movies just pain, which is so, so unique for a, a World War Two film. <laughs> oh, it's so unique. From the eighties. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're gonna have another movie that essentially has the same same pain hunter was describing in the nineties <laughs> with Life is Beautiful. Oh. Another movie I don't like, uh, but I can Is that on this list too? <laughs> yes. You put it on there. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess you hey, just like miserable movies. The, the list is about... subject to change. <laughs> This whole situation is really getting me down right now, guys. Maybe we need more more feel-good movie times. Yeah, let's let's throw in a couple. Let's get like we're bumping up Paddington Two on the list. Yeah, we can just say that Paddington (laughs) Two was released in the early '90s and will be good as grease water, glad as gullweed, glad as goldfish. Do you know why a goldfish is the happiest fish? Because it's more valuable than the silverfish? Ten second memory. <gasps> Be a goldfish. <laughs> that's that's from Ted Lasso. Sorry. Dang it. I'm not caught up on my Ted Lasso. My lead tasso. My lead tasso. <laughs> um, so this this movie um I respect a lot. I think that the, the I think Aisao Takahata is a really good director and um, everything that he does has, there's a lot more diversity, I think, to his um, filmography than someone like Miyazaki. Because Miyazaki, all of his movies have the same vibe. But like compare this movie to... That one about the raccoons with the big testicles. Oh, Poco. <laughs> and that's like one scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's a few scenes. It's a few scenes. <laughs> it's a classic, classic Japanese folk uh, animal. It is. It is. It's it's chill. I, I love that movie. However, movie. they're completely different. Like, I don't think that I would necessarily think that they're the same director. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the the really interesting. I think the most visually removed uh, Studio Ghibli movie, the princess, like the flower princess, Kaguya. One? Yeah, that completely different the tail, style. Comma the yeah. and that's the tail of the tail of. 
I, I, like the animation in Grave of the Fireflies is like very well accomplished and had a lot of time and effort put into it and has specific moments that I think really work visually, but I, it's not really the type of pretty or arty that actually uh, rings a bell in my stomach ears. <laughs> you know? It's mm-hmm. just it's just trying to get a point across, I think. I don't know. I think I missed the... What's the, what's the point? It's sad. What's the point? The point is be sad. The point is pain and suffering is bad. The point is children die oh. and it's your fault. Oh, shit. It's your fucking fault. God damn it. The, the children shouldn't die. Yes. Yeah, that's the point. Is that, wow, we really do be the worst. Even, even people who are not directly involved in the war and who aren't really witnessing the war at all are, can be like kind of massively affected by said thing Mm -hmm. and also people get really really shitty and selfish and gross when bad things be around and they lose their humanity Mm -hmm. and that strips humanity from other people because it kills them i'm i'm legitimately curious about one thing I, this may not be true as as a general rule, but from what I have personally noticed, I think compared to a, films from every other place in the world, American films are particularly bad at making anti-war films that don't inadvertently glorify war. Mm. Yeah, I don't feel like I've seen enough American war films to have an opinion that's educated. But I believe that that just tracks with America. <laughs> yeah, because they're all like the the anti-war films end up being like these like high octane action films, and that everybody's like, oh man, that that moment when that thing fucking explodes. And the guy's eye goes flying out of his skull. Awesome. I think it's even deeper than that. I think the biggest problem with the American war films that I've seen that try to be anti-war, which a lot of them do, a lot of them go in with it being war is bad. But culturally, America America generally has a much bigger propensity towards glamorizing the valor of the soldier. And even when the war is bad and bad things are happening, the moral character of the soldier is like exalted to a degree that in films like Saving Private Ryan and uh, Fury and other films that are like war as hell, but look at like these people who are like, surviving through it and everything they they make that life seem so desirable the way that you show your moral character your moral greatness is through uh your what you do in the face of war and battle and it's it doesn't like 
show any other way that like a good all American man can actually show his valor except through the field of battle. And yeah, the war is hell and it's bad for everyone. It ruins everyone's lives. But uh, look at these remarkable men and it's always men and what they did and uh, aren't you so grateful for them and aren't they so fantastic? And it's it's weird because in our culture and in our media that exists while at the same time uh, we don't tend to treat our veterans very well hmm. yeah. as, as a general sort of mm-hmm. practice. We don't give them the sort of mental health needs that they need, especially in like the 20th century where after coming home from the wars, like they became forgotten and cast aside by society after they're no longer useful. But that fantasy of the hero, the like the valorous warrior still kind of lives on in the American consciousness generally. I say we should flip it. We should have a bunch of American movies come out where like military dude is a piece of shit. And sucks. Yeah. Then we should take care of our veterans. <laughs> and it, it also doesn't help that to use uh, military equipment, uh, military-grade equipment, the cheapest way for studios to do that is to just get it from the military, and then the military gets final say on all the scripts and can <laughs> yeah. change whatever they want. So it, And something... That that sort of made me think is That's also that propaganda. like that like uh, Grave of the Fireflies does not cast a character judgment on the people making war. It's just that like the it doesn't matter whether they're like good, whether it's the good guys or the bad guys dropping the firebombs. It's that the the citizens suffer no matter what. Yeah, like, it's just it's just bad. In and all cases. I think the focus on the citizens instead of yeah. the soldiers helps with that, like, a lot. It, you're just following just how the war is, like, ruining the country. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's, it's really striking, some of the things. Like, the first... The film starts off with one of our characters, Ghost, watching his body die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after that, when we get into the story proper, the first like attack that we see that like destroys the the main character's town and kills uh, their their mother, it <sighs> the planes are dropping bombs, but they aren't really bombs. They're just these cylinders that catch fire. And they just burn the town down. And it's, it's, it feels so anticlimactic. It feels so unexciting, but yeah, it's... There's like this weird moment where like you see them on fire, on, kind of on the ground. And then there's just also a shot of just like, isn't it just like some water and like a bug or something, like an insect? And it's yeah. just kind of the, the like coming destruction sort of coexists with just the world as it is for for a little bit and then it's bad it's so weird there's yeah that stillness mm-hmm. right beforehand and like the uh the main dude ducks down under a thing with like his sister like tied to his back 
and just waits for like an explosion and it just doesn't happen. <laughs> just comes out, looks around, and he's like, okay, we just need to go and runs off. And then stuff starts blowing. And then everything starts catching on fire and it's just a massive fire wave and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the like the the impact of everything just hits a lot harder when you have a small baby girl just experiencing it and it takes like a second she doesn't know what's happening and then when they finally get to a safe place she just starts breaking down crying and every time she starts crying in this film it just breaks me <laughs> i'm just like i don't want to be watching this movie this is horrible yeah. i remember when we first watched it however many years ago hunter mm-hmm. we just put it on because it was a ghibli movie and it like looked like it was maybe not that happy, but we didn't know when the more that we were watching it was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> oh, it's pretty good. It was so sad and upsetting. Yeah. Uh, is it worth it? <laughs> I, I I don't know. Uh, and I there are so many happy moments that like kind of string you along to get you through it. And you have little drops of happiness and like the little candies that little girl has, you know, they eventually run out and you're just like barely moving along through. I'm, what do you think those candies taste like? Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm stuck between like, like hard candies that like are like Jolly Ranchers or like those fruity Mintos. Like I'm trying to figure out exactly like what the character of those little magical candies are. I bet it's just like sugar. <laughs> but they have like fruit on the thing. What do they taste like fruits? Do they They might just have a little bit. But it's mostly just sugar. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the forties. They didn't have like fun candy, but they they pretty and colorful. Cause that's cause it's like a little bit a thing. I could be wrong, but I'm never wrong, so I couldn't be. I think that they're the best tastiest candy that's ever existed in the universe. Probably, probably to them. Probably to me too, because uh, I really, I really want to want to have some of those candies. <laughs> True. Well, that's too bad. Because you'll never get it. And maybe if I I was sucking on all those candies, I would not have to think about all the corpses in this movie. Which I, you see corpses in so many movies. Like, well, you don't tend to see you see corpses in like autopsy rooms and stuff that are pretty clean sterile in some movies you see like dead bodies it's just not everywhere like in this movie like i i think one of the most disturbing visual moments was uh watching the uh their mom uh after the fire attack and she's just lying on the floor Mm. and she's bandaged up and you can it's like there's blood and like gross body liquid just seeping through the bandages and you can just see like around her mouth and eyes and it's so ragged and like the texture of the animation changes a bit more like it gets a 
a touch more detailed and everything. Like, I, I think that's what's really impactful. Stuff you can do with animation. Mm. That you can just subtly make things more impactful by just increasing the amount of detail in certain objects. Uh, I honestly... Uh, I don't even think this is a hot take. I think animation as an artistic medium has far greater possibilities than film. Uh, just like filmed reality. And I'm absolutely baffled every time I see like an adaptation of an anime or some animated film being done in live action. Because on a pretty like basic level in my mind, that's just a downgrade. A downgrade for literally no reason because it's far more expensive to produce that in live action and you aren't going to be able to get nearly like the visual impact or like like anything i it's just due to the weird bias that we seem to have in like the united states especially as to seeing animation as a purely childish medium uh which is just stupid just stupid there's no reason for it uh, I would not show a child Grave of the Fireflies that would that would not be good for them. I don't think they would get anything from it other than just uh, trauma and nightmares and paranoia. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I always use to explain to people who aren't very interested in animation why the way that we treat animation is dumb Um. It is a category at the Oscars. It is a category mm, yeah. that essentially disqualifies it from any other thing. Oh, best foreign film? Maybe. Um, but best animated picture might make more sense. Best picture? What well, already got best animated picture? Best actor? Oh, I mean, it's an animated movie. It's just like... That's it. That's the only reception it gets. It gets put into this category and then it's just maybe there's something art arty. Maybe there's something that's for adults. The thing, but it's always up against a Pixar movie and a DreamWorks movie, if not multiple or a Sony animation. And it doesn't matter the quality of any of those movies because animation is just like then treated like it's a separate category that should essentially they just are considering kids movie mm -hmm. I, i'm really curious now i for some reason had it in my mind that spirited away one best picture the year that came out it didn't it did, not. did it when it, it must was, have won best animated it was, picture was it nominated it, did. it won best animated picture it might have been nominated i feel like maybe which was, was which is rare category, which yeah it was really weird uh unheard of but also uh, Spirited Away should have won Best Picture that year. Yeah, like Probably something dumb that no one's watched. I'm gonna look up what won, but it, it, I I know it was something somewhat memorable, but I don't know. Uh, I like it when it's just like a movie that just like you could say it to someone now, and they're just like, "What? Never heard of it." 2001, Best Supporting Actor, Traffic. Not a space odyssey. Um, <laughs> Julia Roberts won best actress. Uh, uh, Benicio del Toro and Steven Soderbergh. 
Um, actor in a leading... Oh, wait. Okay, I found it. Get to the BP. So, for directing, not in there. <laughs> not a category. Interesting. Film editing, it did not get any recognition. Score, it didn't even get any recognition. Best picture... I'm not seeing it there either. Oh, darn. Winner is Gladiator. Oh. Boo! <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was nominated. A pretty okay, but not nearly my favorite Ridley Scott film. Gladiator. I don't see... An Dad, best movie. An Dad movie. I Dad don't see movie. Best Animated Picture. Maybe even though it's a 2001 Ooh. film, maybe it's in the 2002 Academy Awards. Uh, maybe. That might be the problem. Hmm. Oh, this is very exciting. Crouching Tiger is way better than Gladiator. What <laughs> Wait, Shrek won animated feature film that year. Oh, interesting. Uh, there was only also nominees for Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, God. and Monsters, Inc. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was kind of like thinking then about like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, just generally Western animation, at least like the main stuff, just doesn't ever really shoot for anything particularly interesting and like i don't know occasionally. you know pixar exists they do something interesting occasionally but even at this point i just kind of i kind of just not don't really acknowledge their existence at this point it's really hard for me to care okay i found it it's for some reason in 2003 i'm just really oh, dumb weird Okay, Definitely animated feature film, nominees, Ice Age, Lilo and Stitch, Spirit Stallion <laughs> of the Smyrn, yeah. Treasure Planet, and Spirited good. Away. There's some pretty good movies in there. I think that some of them are good. Mm -hmm. But also those movies have no reason to be grouped together. No. Like Spirited Away and Ice Age could not be- <laughs> Should more. not be in the same category. Yeah, <laughs> uh, But um, they are- um, Okay, directing, fuck that. Roman Polanski Blomp. won for directing uh, that year. Uh, um, it's what for? The Pianist. Oh, right. Um, I forgot that was him. Makeup music. I can't find any other category that what? I'm seeing it in at all. What? Oh, wait. Was 2003 Return of the King? Two Towers. Or did it come out too late? Two Towers is the one that's getting nominated for everything. Interesting. This year. Okay, so it would have come out later than that. Okay, because I remember that one, Best Picture, whenever that. Uh, e2 Mama Tambien got cool. got a writing ah. nod. Interesting. Um, Best Picture, what one was Chicago? It was not nominated. Weird. Uh, but oh, heck. oh god, I made, I made it up in my brain. I literally, I don't think it was nominated for anything else, including original score, which makes me really mad because who's going to remember the score to Road to Perdition? Oh, hey, I want to watch that movie. Here's, here's the big problem with all of the award shows. It wasn't even nominated for Best Foreign Language Film, by the way. The, the award shows are very insular to the American film industry because it ultimately is not about film as a medium it's about hollywood as a like industry and there it's an industry awards that are congratulating themselves using it as an advertising opportunity or whatever and it just it it's odd that it does have a cultural weight 
sort of like not nominated for art direction when your dad hears that like a green book won best picture <laughs> your dad's gonna be like oh i haven't heard nice. this green book thing let me watch that you know like so many people watch shape of water because it was uh it won best picture that year and not because you know they like what the movie was yeah, about yeah, they like well, guillermo del toro good. his stuff i yeah. like that movie it's just this we i mean like i know that award shows don't matter but my point is it's so heavily in the public consciousness that we think about movies around oscars until we break out of that mold that the way that animated movies are treated by the Oscars has a big impact on the way that American people treat animated films. Yes. Yes. And I don't know enough about the way that it is around the world, but I think animation is a little bit better respected in Japan, from what I can tell. It would seem so. It really runs the whole thing. I don't know what words are. Uh, but, but, you know, yeah. they've got it all. It's a much bigger industry. They spend a lot more money. Yeah. They, uh, a large amount of, you know, Japan anime is really big. And I think it's so big specifically as like a genre of things that people are into in the United States just because culturally it's allowed to not just be whatever box we put animation into here. Like it does weird comic book style serialized insane storytelling with adult elements and weird creative stuff that uh is really mold chattering and like wow i didn't realize that media could do that i, I yeah. as far as i'm aware the uh the highest grossing domestic film in japan is your name mm-hmm. yeah it's like Maybe uh, it's like a thing. I wish we could have cool animated movies more consistently than we do. We do sometimes. Yeah, there's like one every year that like... Once in a while you get a Spider-Verse. People on Twitter are going on about... I guess that Mitchell's versus the Machines was supposed to be pretty good. That's probably the serious one. Yeah, I I still need to watch it. I do like I appreciate so, Sony Pictures Animation yeah. who did like uh Spider-Verse. I think they did the Captain Underpants the first movie. Not to mention the Emoji movie. <laughs> yeah, they really did do the Emoji movie. So they've done some like stock 3D animated movies, but like specifically the three films I'm thinking of Mitchell's versus the Machines, Spider-Verse and Captain Underpants the first movie. Spider-Verse is a much better movie than the other two, but all of them play with different styles of animation yeah. and exaggerating things and, and doing... They're definitely, yeah, doing some of the most interesting stuff. It, yeah. Uh, have you seen this trailer for DreamWorks's Bad Guys or The Bad Guys? Uh, no, whatever. I have not. Uh, Keely pointed it out to me because there's some... Like, it's still very much kind of has the tone of like an american animated movie but it has some certain like it's taking some visual notes from like very like akira toriyama kind of a style in the way it, that some of the characters faces work and stuff mm. so it's kind of has a mm. little bit of the the japanese influence going on and it's very obvious and, and kind of interesting to see that sort of creep into there but again 
taking some of these influences from sort of more 2D art, I guess, mm. and more international art, and it blends and makes, I don't know, it turns on the biases in my brain and sort of makes me feel a little bit more positively about it. And I was like, maybe I'll like it. I don't know. Instead of just being another ugly American 3D movie. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. No, that's good. Similarly, I like things. I don't know. I just like when there's sort of this marriage of like the sort of modern 3D techniques with a little bit of more stylistic influence yeah. from like 2D animation. Like I still point to like uh, Klaus on Netflix, yeah, which is a pretty okay movie, but like it's very much, it's totally done in CG still, but it's like it's modeled and styled after like an early 2000s Disney movie, mm. which is like something I like. So it's cool. Yeah, the tools make it yeah. the, it easier, but you know, because it's such a expensive process animation, you tend to need a lot of money behind it. And for a long time, the money was just flowing towards things that looked like early Pixar movies that yeah. were doing that sort of bland, going for photorealistic three mm-hmm. um, D animated look. That uh, you know is impressive for the time that it was like oh yeah we're able to do this now but it doesn't age very well and it because it's just pushing the limits of technology without innovating in like artistically interesting ways Mm -hmm. in the visual department like the story department different matter for a lot of those movies but Mm -hmm. okay i was just thinking about how you're talking about how a lot of uh, Western movies were kind of influenced by like anime and that visual aesthetic. And then I was thinking about The Matrix and how we all yeah. like The Matrix again and how uh, um, I would have a much better time if we replaced another sad movie about war uh, with The Matrix. <laughs> I think that we should. I was I had Let's it on there it. originally and then I was like, eh, I don't like The Matrix. I do like The Matrix. <laughs> Surprise. So let's Sweet. do it. I'm down. Yeah. I I think it will also pair well with Fight Club as one of those <laughs> movies that became like film bro movies in the mm-hmm. 2000s. Uh, but one of them has been kind of like reclaimed from that subculture. Mm. Uh, the subculture of movies that are talked about people who make you not like the movies mm-hmm. after you hear them talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and the other one still kind of lives there. Like I think it's kind of impossible to watch Fight Club now and really get the same thing out of it despite like... Yeah, the themes about like anti-capitalist and anti-consumerism, and like how fascism uh, creeps its way both into like our greater culture and also our subcultures, pushing back against that culture. But it's just been so overtaken by people who read it a very specific way and get a very specific thing out of it that sometimes like a movie's cultural context is just so much at a specific point that you just can't enjoy the movie as itself anymore. Like, it just affects your brain space too much. Like me, whenever I'm watching Grave of the Fireflies and I'm only thinking about how much I'd rather be watching Porco Rosso. So are you suggesting that I swap Life is Beautiful out with The Matrix? Uh, That would be my suggestion, although you could honestly also uh, swap out Fight Club. (laughs) Yeah. I know Anna wants to talk I about I think it. Anna really <laughs> wants to say, go off. I kind of want to still do yeah. Fight Club. I 
am curious to watch Fight Club again as a person with maybe a little bit more of a brain that can think about things a little bit, which I didn't really do the first time I watched it. I want to give it a go. So keep that one. Put, okay. put the Matrix on there. We want to talk. Yeah. I, I we want to talk about movies. Yeah. I yeah. It is done. Yay! We are doing that. List changes. Matrix. Matrix. Do 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 do. <laughs> do do do. It's a great theme. Thanks. It's good. It's a good song to hear. You know, at the opening of all four Matrix films. Yeah, that's my favorite. My favorite bit about puts the you Matrix. right back into it every time. Matrix. <laughs> The Matrix. <laughs> They're stuck in the Matrix. Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, no. I took both pills. Oh, sh- now I'm shoot. stuck in Wilmington, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. It's out there. It's pretty good. It it's will not good. make you feel good. <sighs> but it's still important, I suppose, because it's good, um, good cinema. Honestly, a suggestion. A couple weeks ago, we covered Come and See, yeah. uh, and I suggested that you should take care of yourself and not watch it if you think it's too much. Yeah. If you think that Come and See might be too much for you, but you still want to get a lot of the themes mm. and a lot of the energy in a, in a way that is much more palatable and much... It, I think it's much more watchable and it's not going to hit you quite as hard. Grave of the Fireflies might be a good replacement if you like want that, but you think Come and See might be too much. Yeah. Alternatively, if you're like, oh, I can handle Come and See, watch Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> first. <laughs> and if that doesn't work for you, don't watch Come and yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. I guess works. Or yeah, you watch Grave of the Fireflies and you're like, that made me feel sad. I want more of that. <laughs> if you can handle both of those movies... I guess go for it. Yeah, I would <laughs> come and pee. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The movies. They're good. I gotta go see some. Cool. There's stuff that's out. There's the tragedy of Macbeth. I wanna see it. There's something else. Oh, it's Nightmare crazy. Alley's still out. I gotta go see that. I mean, I don't know if you need to watch that in theaters. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's a, a, d- a decent time. It's it's a good. I can't remember if you'd seen that one. I saw it opening weekend. Oh, nice. I think like opening night. Um, okay, uh, we should end the podcast. But like, I, I guess I am a bit bummed about uh, Nightmare Alley because I think every single one of Guillermo del Toro's films previously, other than Mimic, hmm. to me had like some like greater reason for existing. Hmm. Like it, it like. It has stuff like even Pacific Rim, like uh, even Pacific Rim. He says. Like, <laughs> well, that's the one that everyone I, looks yeah, down on for just I, being I, a popcorn I, movie. I, but it has like one of like so the strongest, movie. strongest sort of like female leads yeah. in like a blockbuster action movie. It like has stuff there, oh, and Nightmare Alley is just Guillermo del Toro remaking a noir movie. It's just mm. a noir movie. Yeah. I think it's it's a it's it's a good rendition of that noir movie, but I I honestly don't think it does anything. Like I I was just thinking about it the whole time. I'm like, why does this movie exist other than just noir's cool? Hmm. I I'm not sure if there yeah. is. There, noir's cool, and he had some 
fun ideas for like carnival sets. Yeah. And it's pretty and I think he probably had fun making it and lighting it and stuff. I just I don't know. Yeah, I don't know right. why that movie exists. Uh, it reminded me that I remember seeing someone like made a, a list on Letterboxd that was like the Makomori test and it was like female characters in movies that were sort of similarly strong to her in Pacific Rim and that made me happy as like having that character from one of my favorite movies be like sort of a standout in that regard. Anyway, yeah, Pacific Rim is a pretty good movie if you, if you haven't heard yeah, I don't really talk about it. I don't think on this podcast, but I really I think it's a really fun movie, and I think, you know, you just have to be someone who likes that that energy. I like big robots. Big robots. Fun times. Uh, as we always say at the end of the podcast, uh, we're here. We are uh, staring at the ceiling mm-hmm. and trying to wait for various smells to dissipate from the atmosphere. <laughs> if you want to find us on social media, we exist there. We do not do anything. Something if- happens occasionally when I feel like it. If you want to give us money, bury a hole in your backyard, <laughs> cover it with the blood of small stick insects, and wait three days. It will Whoa. come and find us. Don't worry. Whoa. And, uh, of course, uh, you can find us here next week or next two weeks or whenever we get around to recording the next episode talking about Cinema Paradiso. Ooh, I haven't seen this movie. I am excited. It looks like a fun time. Uh, it just got taken off of all streaming platforms like last month. Right before we were going to review it. So we have to rent it now. And Hunter, do you have a quote to end us Mm, off? Nope. Fun. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Noises of sadness. Uh, Crying children sounds. Um, uh, Mom's already in a grave, uh, isn't she? Uh, Uh, Wait. Oh, no, that's sad. I don't know. This movie's a bummer. This movie's a bummer. Oh, uh, well, is Cinema Paradiso a, a bummer also? Probably. I th- I, I think I it's like a film about like the joy of cinema. Okay. It might also be sad, but I think okay. it's like about the joy of cinema. That's okay. Maybe it'll have sad stuff in it in a good way. Yeah. That ultimately makes me feel positive. I uh, hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll see. Thanks for listening. Find next time. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, bye. That's the end. Woo! Bye. 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 Bye.